Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. What are you afraid of? Or who are you afraid of? That, I would submit to you, is a very important spiritual question. One way to understand your life is to list the things that you seek. What do you want? What do you desire above all? You might say, well, I desire wealth and health and friendship and pleasure. But turn the question around. It's just as good. What are you afraid of? And what are you afraid of the most? To answer that question honestly is to learn an awful lot about yourself and probably is to understand the way you tend to order and organize your life. You know, if you read the biographies of great people, I love reading biographies, you can often find that thing or that person who is most the object of fear in the famous person's life. And you can see how that life begins to organize itself around that abiding fear. Just finished a few days ago, this great biography of Benjamin Franklin came out just a few months ago. I love the colonial period. I'm kind of fascinated by those figures that got our country off the ground. Franklin was a great man in many ways. And Franklin desired, loved, sought lots of things. Knowledge and friendship and so on. But we can also understand his life in terms of a fundamental fear. Like most of the founding fathers, Jefferson comes to mind, Washington, Adams, Franklin was a man of some means. Jefferson and Washington were part of the landed gentry. People like Adams and Franklin were more urban sophisticates, but they had their economic interest. What frightened a lot of the founding fathers, and I don't say it as a critique, just as an observation, what frightened the founding fathers above all was the loss of the economic and political liberty that enabled them to achieve this level of economic success. Again, not a critique, it's just an observation. And much of the life of Franklin, like much of the life of John Adams, can be understood as organized around this basic fear. They did not want to lose economic and political liberty. And so all that they did from the signing of the Declaration of Independence to their journeys to France. Think of Franklin's negotiation of the treaty with France, his negotiation of the treaty with Great Britain, his return to this country and participation in the Constitutional Convention. All of that, in some ways, was motivated by fear, this abiding and central fear. Someone whose life I've studied very carefully is Abraham Lincoln. I've read, oh, probably a dozen biographies of Lincoln over the years. What was he afraid of? What was the central organizing fear of Lincoln's life? One way to see it was, politically, he was afraid of the nefarious influence of slavery and the spread of slavery because it compromised the Union. 
Lincoln was afraid of losing the American Union. He was afraid of that. And that fear motivated him politically. Read his speeches from the 1850s into the 1860s. Look at his presidency. He was motivated by this great fear that slavery would compromise the Union. And he fought a great civil war motivated by that fear. Put things a bit more cynically, more personally, Lincoln was very afraid of losing his status and his position. His friend Herndon, his former law partner, said, Lincoln's ambition was the little engine that knew no rest. Like most politicians, Lincoln was an ambitious man. He was afraid of losing that status and power and position. Okay, what are you afraid of? Whom are you afraid of? What's the fear that organizes, orders, and motivates your life? Look at this now in terms of our first reading. Our first reading for this week is a little snippet from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah, prominent prophet, someone who, whose name we know. But his story, I wonder how well known it is. It's a very interesting one. Jeremiah was called to be a prophet as a very young man. In fact, we hear from this in the liturgy, one of the most lyrical passages in the whole Old Testament. Remember, Yahweh says to young Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. A prophet to the nations, I appointed you. Then Jeremiah says, Lord, look, don't, don't call me. I'm too young. God says, don't say you're too young. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Okay, beautiful. God's chosen Jeremiah to bring his message. But, what is Jeremiah's message? <laughs> it's not good news. Jeremiah is given this charge by God to move among the great elite of his time, the leaders of his nation, including the king, and to bear this message, you must surrender. Surrender? Yep, that was Jeremiah's message. Israel was threatened at that time by the great Babylonian Empire, closing in on Jerusalem. Well, that was the abiding political question of the day. What do we do? How do we fight? When do we fight? What should we do? Jeremiah said, Thus saith the Lord, Surrender. Well, it went against everybody's political instincts. It went against everyone's even religious instincts. What do the Jews know? Well, they knew that if we're faithful to Yahweh, we follow his commands, he'll defend us. He'll fight for us. And here's Jeremiah, his prophet, saying... Surrender. Well, needless to say, it made him a very unpopular figure. Read through the book of the prophet Jeremiah. What you see, page after page, is this man who is hounded by his enemies, critiqued, questioned his patriotism, his religiosity, his personal virtue, everything about him is questioned because of this strange message he's been given by God. To deliver. So, with that background, listen now to the opening lines of our reading. Jeremiah said, I hear the whisperings of many. Terror on every side. Denounce, let us denounce him. All those who are my friends are on the watch for any misstep of mine. Here's Jeremiah, haunted, hounded, 
surrounded by his enemies, whispering against him, conspiring against him. And it frightened him. You can hear it, can't you, these words? It frightened him. And, let's continue the story, Jeremiah's fears were justified. The best historical record or sense that we have is that Jeremiah was eventually killed by his enemies. He was eventually assassinated by his enemies. But then we hear something decisive. Listen now as the reading goes on. But the Lord is with me like a mighty champion. My persecutors will stumble. They will not triumph. Was Jeremiah afraid of his enemies? Oh yeah, you can hear it. You can feel it in this text. But, was that fear the central, primary, organizing, and predominant fear of his life? No. If I could state this more negatively, Jeremiah was more afraid of God. Now, don't misunderstand me as though Jeremiah is sitting in a corner terrified by God. What I mean is, Jeremiah was afraid of his enemies, yes indeed, but he was more afraid of falling out of relationship with God. He was more afraid of not doing what God wanted him to do. And listen, that fear became the defining and dominating fear of his life. That's what it means to be a saint that you fear God above all things. What you are most afraid of is not losing wealth, health, power, yes, even your life. What you're most afraid of is losing friendship with God. Jeremiah has the attitude of a saint. Now listen as we go into our gospel. This reading from Jeremiah sets us up perfectly to understand the gospel. Jesus said to the twelve, Fear no one. What's he saying? Don't let the fear of any human being, don't let the fear of anything here below be the dominant and organizing fear of your life. But rather what? Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in Gehenna. There's the whole gospel packed into that little line, isn't it? Don't be afraid of those paper tigers that can do nothing but harm your body. Don't be afraid of those who can take away your wealth, your health, your power, your friendship, your worldly pleasure. Don't be afraid of them. Don't let those be the organizing fear of your life. Rather, fear the one who can put both body and soul in Gehenna. Be afraid of God. Again, don't construe it negatively, like you're cowering in a, in a corner. Rather, be afraid above all of losing your intimacy with God. To lose the friendship with God should be the primary fear of your life. Let me close with this image. Jesus crucified. Jesus crucified. What's he afraid of? He's not finally and ultimately afraid of those who can rob him of health, wealth, 
material things, power, because he has willingly given those away, he's willingly given those up. What's he afraid of? If you want to put it this way, he's afraid of not doing his mission. On the cross, Jesus fulfills the will of his Father. You know, one of my heroes is St. Thomas More. St. Thomas More is a saint because of the way he imitates Christ crucified. Did More lose everything? Mm-hmm. Because of his opposition to Henry VIII, his refusal to give in, More was stripped of his home, stripped of his family. He was thrown into prison, stripped of his freedom. He was stripped of his reputation. He was reviled up and down the land. Was he afraid of those things? Sure. He was a normal human being. He regretted the loss of those things. He loved them all in their own way. But he was afraid of something more. Something else frightened him more than the loss of all those things. And it was the loss of friendship with God. Which is why he endured imprisonment. It's why when standing on the scaffold about to die, he said, I die the king's good servant, but God's first. Was he afraid of the king? Yeah, sure, in a legitimate sense. Afraid of the king, honored the king. Afraid of what the king could do to him. Yes, he was, but he was more afraid of God. He was more afraid of losing intimacy with the Lord. Christians, when that fear becomes the dominant, organizing fear of your life, that's not bad news. That means that you become a saint. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.